0: Studios. Are you ready for the big earthquake to hit? Are you ready? Do you have your stuff? It could happen
2: literally right now. I have maybe a jug of extra water bottles somewhere and maybe like corn, corn can somewhere in my house, but that's pretty much it. If you're not gonna prep anything, you might as well just
0: have a jug of alcohol to like drown your sorrows when you're without any sort of supply. (laughs) I definitely have some
2: alcohol in the house somewhere. So, yes. You're gonna be
0: on your own. We have not invested in infrastructure properly in the United States in a very long time. It is old. We have bridges we know are going to collapse. We have buildings we know are gonna collapse. It's gonna be chaos. I prepare for multiple weeks.
2: This is How to LA, I'm Ryan De Los Santos.
1: Nearly a week after the disaster, survivors are still being found buried in the rubble.
2: We are witnessing at this hour an unimaginable and heartbreaking scene unfolding here behind me in Adana, Turkey. Take a look over my shoulder here and you can see... A few the weeks ago, in the early morning hours on February 6th, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake rocked southeastern Turkey and northwestern Syria. And for those of us following this news from California, where two enormous tectonic plates meet, it kind of plays into what we've been hearing for years. The big one, it's coming.
0: Scientists warn a 7.8 earthquake on Southern California's San Andreas Fault could bring down 1,500 buildings and kill 1,800 people. 25 years after the big one, many are still living on shaky ground. If you looked at what happened in Turkey and said that'll never happen here, you're wrong. So today, we're out in Northridge. Like feet from the Northridge
2: Fault, the one that caused the Northridge earthquake. It's in the San Fernando Valley and home to the Northridge Blind Thrust Fault. This was the fault line responsible for the 6.7 magnitude earthquake of 1994 in Northridge, the most destructive one in the state since that temblor hit San Francisco in 1906.
0: There's a 15% chance that a 7.8 magnitude or greater quake will hit the Southern California area sometime in the next 30 years.
2: We're with Elias, science reporter, Jacob Margolis.
0: Duck and cover No, I'm, I'm just the science reporter. Okay, cool.
2: And today, we're here to talk preparedness. The supplies you need, where to get them, and what to look for.
0: You know, what better place to get some supplies than here?
2: Because whether we can really believe it or not, the big one is coming. Someday. But before we take you shopping, we want to chat with Jacob and get a little context about how the earth moves in this region. We're out here in Northridge at the Smart and Final in the parking lot. Jacob, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy we can be out here for this quintessential valley experience.
2: So why don't we kick things off with the 1994 Northridge earthquake, which I was around for. I was in West Adams at the moment. It still, you know, shook us over there. Just give us a glimpse in time of that moment of how destructive that earthquake was and what we expect in the near future. I mean, Northridge was a taste of what's to come.
0: I was in Woodland Hills at the time and I was about five. I remember just being woken up basically by my parents because of shaking and then aftershocks and lost power. Our house was pretty wrecked. I mean, it was overwhelming. I remember my parents trying to figure out what was going on and everybody sort of shuffling out into the streets, sort of to figure out what was next to see whose houses were still standing. We could get hit by something that is 44 times as powerful as a Northridge earthquake coming from the San Andreas literally at any moment. Earthquakes are inevitable. The Earth is always shifting and moving. There are earthquakes going on right now that we can't feel, but that if you go on the latest quake on the USGS website, you'll definitely see that seismometers are picking it up. In terms of geologic timescales, 30 years is pretty close, but it could also be tomorrow. How do they know that it's going to happen? You know, they use a basically very complex monitoring to figure it out as well as algorithms. <laughs> I don't know. I talk to the people that do the modeling and it's a bit out of my pay range.
2: We're actually here because a recent 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit Syria and Turkey. So very destructive, very deadly. Could we face the same thing here in California?
0: Yeah, at any time. I mean, if you look at a fault map of Southern California, you'll see that it's basically like spaghetti thrown on a map. There are faults absolutely everywhere. There are the really big ones we worry about, like the San Andreas, But then there are smaller faults that are also capable of extremely destructive quakes, like the Puente Hills Fault, which runs right under really, really populated areas in LA. So the San Andreas is far off. Those waves have time to kind of disperse a little bit once that hits. If Puente Hills hits, for instance, right under like downtown LA, that kind of area, you're talking major ground motion on a lot of buildings that have not been retrofitted. And this just happened in Turkey. I think it was a velocity of like three feet a second in each direction. I mean... That's massive. Imagine getting thrown three feet that way and then three feet that way within, I mean, you couldn't stand.
2: So we've, we've established that the big one is coming. What can we expect for loss of life or structures or just damage overall in, the, in this city? It's really hard to say, but the U.S. Geological
0: Survey has gamed out a 7.8 magnitude quake from the San Andreas Fault. And in that specific scenario, they estimate like 1,800 deaths, 15,000 plus injured, the collapse of buildings, infrastructure like our water lines, which are really old, cracking, and so no water pressure, which is a humongous problem not only for drinkability, but also because fires are expected to break out. Without water, it is really hard to fight fires because natural gas lines will also break. So it's gonna be a bummer and you should prepare for it. Being in Northridge right now, not only is the fault here, a fault that they didn't know existed prior to the quake, by the way. But right down the street at Cal State Northridge, which you went to, there were building collapses. And then right up the street, the other direction, there were building collapses of apartment buildings. That apartment building that collapsed was a big indication to us that soft story apartment buildings, the ones with like parking on the first story and then apartments above it, that the par- it's just held up by tiny little poles, not going to be safe. And so they've been trying to retrofit those soft stories now Gosh, since 94, they've made progress, but there's still some stuff out there that's a problem. There are absolutely precautions that we can all take to ensure that we are living in places that hopefully will withstand a sizable quake pretty well. But especially if you're in a big concrete building, a big steel building, It's really hard to tell if your building is going to survive the next quake. And just because it survived the last quake doesn't mean it will. In fact, that last quake could have done a certain amount of damage that then goes ahead and makes it susceptible to the next big quake. And so people need to decide, especially if if they're in concrete buildings built prior to 1980, whether they should really be in there and if their building has been retrofitted. They should ask the building owner or Department of Building Safety in L.A.
2: One thing that I'm curious about is how do officials come into this if they're either regulating certain things or they are storing resources for this big one. Have you heard anything about that? Because I feel like the people I've talked to. Where are they storing resources
0: for the big one? Where are these resources that you're imagining they're storing? I don't know. You're going to be on your own you're gonna be on your own. You see it in natural disasters every year, especially that are getting worse as a result of climate change. We have not invested in infrastructure properly in the United States in a very long time. It is old. We have bridges we know are going to collapse. We have buildings we know are gonna collapse. We have a water system in Los Angeles that is going to take like 100 plus years to retrofit. That we know, since it's cast iron, it is going to break at certain joints and we're going to lose water in a lot of neighborhoods. And so you cannot depend on anyone else to help you. You need to do it yourself because also all emergency services are going to be completely overwhelmed. Let's say you, you broke your arm, something trying to run while it was shaking. You're on your own. Good luck also getting to a hospital, getting into a hospital. So it's going to be chaos, and I would say prepare to be on your own. I prepare for multiple weeks with my family and my extended family so that we can at least be comfortable if something bad happens. Which, if you also take medicine, by the way, and this is a really important thing, make sure that you have extra medicine on hand.
2: Wow, I'm clearly unprepared for what might come. I I will have to buy something to do it. Yeah, so maybe we we can get you a camp stove at the next store. All right, let's um, go make an earthquake preparedness kit, y'all. First up, smart and final. All
0: right, so we're going to walk inside the store, and I want us to get just absolutely the most crucial items. I am not interested in prepping for a zombie apocalypse. I am prepping just to be comfortable, to keep my family fed, and to have some water for a period of time. Uh, Okay, So what else would I do? We're in the aisle with all the canned vegetables, the canned beans, all that kind of stuff. To be honest with you, I only get dried beans and rice and all of that, but I also keep a way to cook it with like a pressure cooker. We have like, a solar backup for oh, stuff. Oh, okay. And so we're fortunate enough to have that. If you didn't have a way to cook it, beans in the can are also great, Yeah, right? Do you like
1: it, pickles? Pickles are good.
0: Uh, we, you put pickles on your beans?
1: No, just as a snack. Mostly, like we're pickles.
2: looking for non-perishable food to have on hand, things that like could sustain you and your family for at least two weeks.
0: You know what I would also do? Look, crispy fried onions. Great crunch for all of the soft canned things that you'll be mixing in a bowl.
2: For me, that's just me and my little 10-pound butt bigotes. <laughs> I do have a sweet tooth, though. I have so a sweet tooth, to- too. Can I do a pudding? Do things go those go bad? Let's see, how long do they last?
0: Made a real and
2: mouth most mouth. importantly, you need enough water.
0: In terms of planning our water, we're looking for one gallon of water per person per day. And since you have a pet, I would do a gallon for the pet per day. Just, you know, I'm always good to have a little extra.
1: You didn't ask how much his pet
2: weighs. <laughs> He's only 12 pounds, but you know. You seem really thirsty, so I think you need, I think you need
0: extra <laughs> water. Yeah,
2: okay. All right, I already know that I still need to go to a pet store to get Bigotes his emergency food kit. But for now, we're basically good on food and supplies to cook it. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. Now we're headed to a sporting goods store we all know and might love. So quiet, it smells like the great outdoors. <laughs>
0: it smells like all of the adventures that I'm never gonna get to go on. Cause, Why?
2: Cause of Armageddon. We're at REI.
0: So, like, one of the big things that happens after an earthquake is people are really uncomfortable sleeping in their houses, and it's really scary. And so, you know, it's always good to have, like, a sleeping bag and tent and stuff in case you need to sleep outside.
2: Basically, we want to be prepared to be warm and cozy in case electricity goes out, or your home is damaged or destroyed.
0: What's the best tent for a family of four if an earthquake hits and I need to camp in my backyard? Yeah, we have a few options. Uh, We do have to let you know, unfortunately, we do not allow recording in our okay kinds. that's fine so I do it's want to give you that nice. so. Was that right. no I, I do appreciate it All right. but yeah as a company,
2: we right couldn't right. catch everything on tape for you but we got our basic tent which costs about a hundred bucks a couple of sleeping bags because remember I'm just preparing for me and my tiny pup a first aid kit which is very important We have an ice cream sandwich. To be honest with you, I've never had astronaut ice cream,
0: so I'm using LAist as an excuse to try some.
2: And a few very unnecessary but fun earthquake treats.
0: A freeze-dried ice cream sandwich. Okay, so let's set the stage. Okay. Imagine 7.8 magnitude earthquake just hit the San Andreas fault. Power's out. You have no water. You just need a little bit of sweetness during this dark time. Right. And here you have your freeze-dried ice cream sandwich. Okay.
2: So we're gonna try it. Because why not make things a little bit more pleasant in the face of disaster, right? It's like a meringue. It's actually, it's actually, actually good. This is pretty good for yeah. like, disaster times, like. Alrighty, y'all, I that's all we've got for you. Today, we hung out with Elias, science reporter, Jacob Margolis.
0: I might be a little less bummed for the three seconds it takes me to crunch this like $5 ice cream sandwich.
2: I hope this episode was helpful for you and motivates you to get your shit together just a little bit. But I would take yeah. like three bites each day, right? <laughs> and buy like five <laughs> of those. I go into
0: a fugue state and just inhale all sugar around me. So I'm sorry. I, I can't do. I'm not as disciplined. But
1: Okay. This has been a lot of fun, but I have to jump in here. I'm Megan Botel, the producer, and just want to make sure you guys are set with what you need for basic emergency kits. First, water. One gallon per person per day at minimum, unless you're super thirsty. Food, stuff you don't have to cook unless you wanna buy a camping stove with propane and that's enough to last for at least a couple of weeks. Think canned veggies and fruits, granola bars, beef jerky, that sort of thing. Baby supplies if you need them, dried pet food if you've got pets, enough extra medicine to last two weeks and a good first aid kit. You're gonna want sleeping bags, a simple tent, and an air mattress in case you have to sleep outside for a while. You'll want flashlights or a lantern and some extra batteries. And just for good measure, a good solar phone charger and a hand crank emergency radio. I know some of us don't have a ton of storage space, but put the stuff in a box, store it under your bed, in a garage if you have one, in your pantry, find a place for it. If this episode isn't enough to make you feel ready for an earthquake, Jacob has a whole podcast series you can check out. It's called The Big One, Your Survival Guide. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts or go to lasstudios.com.
2: And, you know, we got some wild weather last week. And actually, really, all winter. So although we just talked earthquakes today, the supplies are actually good to have for all sorts of natural disasters we may face. So do it. Go prepare yourself. All right, y'all. Stay safe. Adios. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.